You are listening to The Culture Radio, only on The Culture. You are listening to The Culture Radio, only on The Culture. You are listening to The Culture Radio, only on The Culture. You are listening to The Culture Radio, only on The Culture. You are listening to The Culture Radio, only on The Culture. You are listening to The Culture Radio, only on The Culture. You are listening to The Culture Radio, only on The Culture. You are listening to The Culture Radio, only on The Culture. You are listening to The Culture Radio, only on The Culture. You are listening to The Culture Radio, only on The Culture. You are listening to The Culture Radio, only on The Culture. You are listening to The Culture Radio, only on The Culture. You are listening to The Culture Radio, only on The Culture. You are listening to The Culture Radio, only on The Culture. You are listening to The Culture Radio, only on The Culture. You are listening to The Culture Radio, only on The Culture. You are listening to The Culture Radio, only on The Culture. You are listening to The Culture Radio, only on The Culture. You are listening to The Culture Radio, only on The Culture. You are listening to The Culture Radio, only on The Culture. You are listening to The Culture Radio, only on The Culture. You are listening to The Culture Radio, only on The Culture. You are listening to The Culture Radio, only on The Culture. You are listening to The Culture Radio, only on The Culture. You are listening to The Culture Radio, only on The Culture. You are listening to The Culture Radio, only on The Culture. You are listening to The Culture Radio, only on The Culture. You are listening to The Culture Radio, only on The Culture. You are listening to The Culture Radio, only on The Culture. You are listening to The Culture Radio, only on The Culture. You are listening to The Culture Radio, only on The Culture. You are listening to The Culture Radio, only on The Culture. You are listening to The Culture Radio, only on The Culture. You are listening to The Culture Radio, only on The Culture. You are listening to The Culture Radio, only on The Culture. You are listening to The Culture Radio, only on The Culture. You are listening to The Culture Radio, only on The Culture. You are listening to The Culture Radio, only on The Culture. You are listening to The Culture Radio, only on The Culture. You are listening to the Welcome to Saturday morning in Central Florida, in my little cave. Some caves are above ground, remember that. Caves aren't all underground, because caves are generally on the side of a piece of rock or a mountain. This is a piece of human rock called a building. 
Ah, I'm in one of those weird feelings, so bear with me, folks. I just couldn't help the interesting yet morbid way of looking at what happened when Trump was going to go visit with Governor DeWine, one of his Republican governors who kind of still back him. And remember, Trump has been yelling for the last month or two. The simplest phrase is, slow the testing. He said, the reason we have all these problems is we're testing, so we're finding things. That's why we have all the deaths and the cases. Think about it. Anybody knows logically, even Mr. Dummy, that if you didn't find it, you'd walk out and you'd be walking into people who are spreading it. So it's that simple. But he wants to slow the testing. Now he could have all done us, done us all a favor by not getting Governor DeWine tested because when Trump's going to go someplace, of course, they'll bring out the best tests, the quickest tests. And the funny thing was, Duane, Governor DeWine uh, tested positive, so they put the lieutenant governor in his place who obviously tested negative. So all around Trump, they're testing like crazy, hourly, daily, whatever. I mean, the White House doesn't have a small staff. And together with people who service the building, take care of things, protect the people within it. So he's made sure that he has testing that's adequate and repetitive. The rest of us, I mean, with the way he mispronounces words, maybe when he heard the word leader, he figured that was a measure of a unit of liquid. And he's going to be a leader, you know, and maybe a half liter or whatever, be consumed in one big gulp. Big gulp probably makes him thirsty thinking about it. So a little bit of morbid humor on Trump's trip because the poor guy can't hold his bund rallies. There's so many things that happened this week. And by the way, my alter ego even sent me in a list of stuff, so I'm going to go over that quickly, too. If you'll pardon me, I just put together a bunch of things that I want to make sure we don't lose sight of, and they could be endless if I did it. Because the interesting thing about Trump, it's like a little child discovering the world. Every two minutes, there's something else they're doing or getting into or changing whatever they said two minutes earlier. Top list of things that have just been occurring to me like crazy. The Republicans in the uh, Senate, together with the Democrats, on the prior bill for relief during this stressful economic and corona time that we're living in, a few trillion dollars, if I remember, it passed something like 96 to 0. I guess a couple were absent or maybe didn't want to sit with people. They were already worried about maybe getting too close to anyone. So now, Congress, which, and it isn't just at the federal level, the states, it's sort of similar. I forget in Florida, I think our uh, state legislator is there, legislature is there for a month or two. And the rest of the year, they're off, uh, yet we pay them for taking care of our government in the 
third to fourth largest, depending on how many people came in or left in our country. You know, after California and Texas, you've got Florida and New York. Add them up, you're talking about 100 million at least, plus of the 300 million in the whole country. So the Republicans want to go home. Democrats do too. You don't hang around if you can't get a quorum and get people together. But the Republicans are going to go home. And a lot of them have decided, because they're conservative generally, there's nothing wrong with being conservative. I hate to say it, as much as I don't mind spending money on something I like or that I find interesting, I really am very stingy when it comes to spending on myself, so I have stuff left if I have to help family or friends or whatever. It's been just the way I think since I was younger. So the Republicans are going to go home for this long 30-day break or something, and they haven't passed anything because they're saying, well, there's $600. They're always talking about the ugliest case they can find. It isn't just Republicans. Democrats do it sometimes. All the people are not getting $600 a week, and it's going to keep them from taking a job. And I hate to say it. We'll get into it again. I spoke about it a month, two months ago. When you read enough junk, you got a lot of stuff running around in your head. When they talk about people who suffer from, you know, Vietnam from PTSD, uh, there's something called battle fit fatigue way before they talked about PTSD. It's the same thing. Imagine you're in World War II and you're in a unit that's fighting from 1943 to 1945. Every day you're in another battle. Your life is such that even if you try and take a nap in your foxhole or your tent or wherever you are, it's disturbed. You don't go to bed at a certain time. You don't wake up. You don't go to the store to see what's selling or buy a new pair of clothes. You're happy if you can clean your socks so you don't get rot on your feet and stuff, which will stay with you maybe for the rest of your life. So... Everybody's heard about that. Remember, I told you I love these old sayings. They're going in both directions, usually. There was the one about walking my shoes. John Lewis, who I have a lot of respect for the man, he was a very strong advocate of taking care of people. And Gandhi was one of his heroes that I believe he studied a lot. And Gandhi basically faced down the whole British Empire by just sitting there and saying, we're going to do nothing till you do something that does something for us. So when the Republicans go home, any of you who want to write them, any of you who may live in their areas or know people who do, tell them that out of this long break that they need, because, you know, they're living on this mere existence of a few hundred thousand minimally and plus the other perks. So even if they weren't rich or well-off, they're not exactly hurting when it comes to financial status. When they go home, walk a mile in my shoes, tell them, write them, call them. They should spend the first day that they're home on a food line. Because I hate to say this, but from what I have seen all over our country, we have food lines. Food pantries can't even handle this anymore. Different groups have gotten together. Uh, 
sometimes it's even clubs. And, you know, interesting thing is the children sometimes, they recognize it and they want to help. They get smart enough, it's like, what could I do? So if you've raised your kid to be thoughtful, you're going to not be surprised when they come up to you and say, I understand people don't have food. Why don't we get together and pull some old cans out of our pantry? And they start leading a new movement, and it's happened all over the Internet. They get to see more things. So when the Republicans go home, and the Democrats, but definitely the Republicans, the ones who feel, oh, no, we can't give them $600 a week. It'll make them lazy. They won't go back to work. Tell them to spend one day, their first day or whatever day, on a food line. Get on the end of it. Sit in their car. Move forward slowly till somebody throws something in your trunk, a little carton or a little bag, where people have donated from their own hearts and shelves and their own whatever they have left so somebody else can eat. And then tell them when they get home on that day, they should take that box and bring it into their kitchen and pick anything that's in that box and make themselves a meal, not from what's in their pantry, not from what they can order, not from what they can pay for, but from what's in that bag or that carton. Let them eat that and let them go to sleep on that and see how they feel that night if they're still hungry or satisfied. If they think that that's a way that Americans should live, there aren't enough jobs for people to go. We had a big surge two months ago when a lot of people were able to go back because we were opening up semi-decently, still not practicing everything we should. Folks, this is real simple. Like I said, we've been invaded, but we've been invaded by a cloud of invisible microbes. And as it spreads person to person, because people aren't taking the right things to contain it from spreading, you're going to walk out your door one day with so many people who may be asymptomatic or symptomatic that anywhere you breathe, there's going to be some of it in the air that you're walking through. So you should always wear a mask when you go out anywhere. It's like saying we're going to pollute our own environment more and more because we're too stupid to understand what's going on. So let them do that and see what happens. Humans in general, I used to recognize this when I was younger. Then as I started, you know, going out with friends and dating and everything else, I recognized that all of us have a background from wherever we grew up, whatever happened to us, whatever we interacted with. The fancy name is SEC, not Securities and Exchange Commission, but Socio-Environmental Conditioning. The friends we acted with, the other ones we argued with on the same block, whatever. Aunts, uncles, enemies. So all of us, and it was always called that humans carry baggage. The baggage is the memories we have of these good and bad things that happen to us. And when we meet somebody new, we tend to say, oh, they remind me of X or Y. Humans aren't always strong enough to meet somebody new and not be overly cautious because they're reminded of things. So they're carrying baggage. So all I used to say to anybody was, I said, look, I have baggage, you have baggage. What I attempt to do is not hit you over the head with my baggage. 
please don't hit me over the head with your baggage till you understand that I'm not like what you think and or I don't deserve to be hit with that bag. If I do, then fine, let's go our own ways. This is humanity. This is what we're about in general. There's a term, and it is, as far as I know, a legal term. Uh, it can be adjudicated. It's called depraved indifference. When you had people uh, who did things and just said, you know, cut their head off, impale them, uh, they didn't think twice that that's a human in front of them, and maybe they should do something better. While we say we should no longer execute people, other people just say off with their head. Depraved indifference, look it up. It's when you get to a point, and it's usually a remedy for certain people that act this way, and they don't care about humanity. Trump, after he started talking about the deaths, after he realized it wasn't going to disappear magically, even though he still says it is, and it wasn't going to go to zero, you'd see him when it got larger and larger. He, they, people who write his speeches, and you could always tell he's looking down and he's reading it. He doesn't even read it for a prompt and then talk from his own heart or brain wherever they are. He starts talking and he's got to look down and refer whether Stephen Miller or one of his other great people have written it. And you listen to the content. So they added a little phrase that he's been smart enough to use when he talks about people and the deaths. He says, well, even one death is too many. Well, that's correct. And as much as I dislike the way he is, I don't want him dead. I just want him out of in front of our country. Then in this past week, man is great for coming up with bumper stickers. It was all over. Everybody was talking. He had, I think it was with Jonathan Swain, who's part of the Axios news team. And he was doing an in-depth interview with him. And Trump at one point said, it is what it is. Now, if that's not prophetic, I think we should give him a big robe, have him walk around with a couple of chains as a uh, prophet. Because that's one of those things that I remember when I uh, had a friend who was a Latin scholar. Uh, they taught me a phrase, if I still remember it right. It was ergo post hoc, uh, post hoc ergo propta hoc. It was a silly phrase that was put together by people, I guess, studying Latin, saying, therefore, because of that, that will be. In other words, it's nonsense. The phrase. Sounds good. So it is what it is. Eh. He could have said, eh. Trump, he's trying to actually dignify what he does because, yeah, we all know he was a businessman, not a successful one, just a cunning one. And he started talking about TikTok. There are a whole bunch of backstories on this TikTok about what he likes, what he dislikes things he tried to do. I think it even ends up involving Mark Zuckerberg. I haven't had a chance to do the full background research on it. But Mark Zuckerberg, who used to be on the outs with Facebook and Trump, they seemed to get together. And then when Mark Zuckerberg wanted to start his own version of Bitcoin, because he figured out he could make a few billion more by starting another currency. So he's been friendlier with Trump. And this TikTok, but again, Trump decided he called it, I think it was Microsoft's head. And suddenly he's worried about us being spied on. 
on the internet or any place. And he's suddenly saying TikTok, the Chinese, he's trying to show how strong he is, has to divest their holdings in any of TikTok in America or the rest of it. Look, most of us understand electronics. They can call the next one TikNot. And electronically, it could be someplace in the wires come over, unless you do something that actually punishes the doer of something wrong to society. You don't do it by just selling off a piece of a company and saying, well, these are their American operations. Because you will not see a store labeled TikTok, which is where everything is contained right in there. This is electronics. It goes through the air. It goes through the wires. It knows no borders, just about like the coronavirus. But so Trump said he was setting up this big deal for maybe Microsoft to buy, <coughs> pardon me, a little bit of a frog in my throat, this TikTok. And it can be a big deal, X amount of dollars and the rest of it. And within the first 24 hours, Trump can't help himself. He said, and yeah, when they buy it, they owe us a big fee because I did all of this. I guess nobody's told them when you're the president, 24 hours a day, you're the president. Even if you're out golfing and not reading your briefings or anything else, that's your job. You don't do side jobs. So he decided, but he was magnanimous. He said he's, we get a really big fee and it should go in the treasury. Anybody who's watched my podcast, I did one a couple of months back. I talked about the cookie jar. The treasury is his cookie jar. He is excellent from what his father taught him of using expenses to create revenue that flow into his companies and therefore his pockets. When I say that, that means his whole family. There'll be a few items I'll talk about that will even highlight it. So Trump wants to now legitimize that he deserves some fee, even if he's going to put it in the treasury, uh, to prove that he made this happen. We've had presidents who helped end wars. They didn't say, well, I did it because of the power of my office. And we ought to get a bonus out of this. Yeah, you get a bonus. Less people are killed. You may go down in history as someone who rationally dealt with the situation, helped people live and survive. Trump, among other things, and he's just a whole bunch of things that have happened. And that's what we're going to deal with. because. You could write books in a week about everything that happens in this administration. ICE, the uh, people who deal with our immigration. He has shifted detainees that ICE had, because he doesn't want the reporters to find them and interview them and do stuff, from state A to state B to state C. Well, let me tell you. Trump, by moving these people around who were in conditions that were not proper, was helping spread the coronavirus. When they do the debriefing on this whole period of time, this one could occupy at least a small book. A statement that I'm going to make about something I've always felt as I grew up if we feel we're in a free society and we have free will and we can do things, we can park our car and go help someone who's stuck on a road because they can't change a tire, whatever, whatever example you want. 
You see a building burning, the fire department's not there. You don't go in and kill yourself, but if you can, you can go over and start helping. The statement that came to my mind is as follows. We are not helpless. If we stand by and do nothing, we made a choice. The choice was to do nothing, to not be helpful. Not necessarily the most humane choice. So we are not helpless. If we're free and we don't want to be bothered and we want to enjoy our life, we're not helpless. If we stand by and do nothing, we made a choice, not necessarily the most humane one. Status of the 2020 census. Trump is decide, look, he likes to control things. You know, just, I guess, a week ago, he decided the CD, or a couple of weeks ago, the CDC should stop reporting numbers to, uh, to X organization or whatever it is, or publishing. Send all the numbers to the White House. They'll decide what they give to the public to know what's going on. Now, remember, this is the same guy at the beginning who said, only I can fix it. Absolute power. When it came to the coronavirus at the beginning, he stands there and he says, and I've quoted these things to you, he says, I am not responsible for what happens. Remember, as I just said to you, my own statement, when you make a choice to do nothing and you have the ability to do something, you are responsible. So the 2020 census, the 2010 census, screwed us up when it came to governors and representation because the Republican Party put $20 million into someone's pocket who helped do things that gerrymandered more districts than ever before. I'm not picking on Republicans, but I'm picking on the modern Republicans who don't seem to have the conscience of the old Republicans who were conservative and wanted to control our spending but still cared about people. That's why I'm amazed. Where are these people? Are they that afraid of this man? So the 2020 census, he's actually told them. Now remember, the coronavirus has hampered them going around and collecting data. He tried to do it where he put questions in there about your status or your immigration, scare people. The less people who get counted, the less people in areas where he doesn't want to spend money does he have to. So if he gets reelected, he could play again with the money that he's got in the budgets. He's now said that he wants them to cut the census off a month earlier than they're supposed to finish. They've extended it because of the coronavirus. It's hampered doing things. I only suggest all of you, and especially any youngsters you know, any kids you have, a lot of the younger folks and the millennials have gotten more active because they are aware they can do something. And they've been doing things and forming little organizations. You can do the census online. Go around your neighborhood. Go around the people you know. Ask them. You don't have to get involved. Make sure you wear your mask and keep your distance. But see if you can put your little groups together and advertise. Do you need help doing the census? Take your laptop. Maybe they don't have a computer. Sign on for them. Figure it out and put it in. The more we load in there, because it has nothing to do with just citizens, 
It has to do with the measurement of how many people are in our country. So for the next 10 years, we know how to allocate our budget for roadways, for safety, for everything else. So do not let us get robbed of the next 10 years because of Trump. And he wants the numbers reported to him before he would leave office if he loses the election. So he could then, again, put him in a secret classified stuff where it shouldn't be classified. People, you can't really make this stuff up. This is what's happening. So as I said, my alter ego said, you know all this stuff is going, I, I said, you know what? Send me, my alter ego, join me anytime she wants. Love having the intellect and the uh, thoughts. So I keep saying, if you got something you don't want people to miss, just send it to me. And believe me, her thoughts are righteous and, and contemporary. The first one was Kanye West, when he first started, before you started seeing him on TV. She realized that he's being used as a surrogate. Many of you may remember, if you go back on the internet, there was that famous interview where Kanye West was sitting in the Oval Office and Trump's sitting there on the desk just looking at him. And at the end, or somewhere in the middle, if I remember, Kanye walks up and hugs him like a daddy. Kanye has certain, from what we all read out there on the internet, I'm not his doctor, he has certain issues that he's dealing with. There are people who do have issues. And if they get them checked, there are treatments they could do or help they can get. And the man is supposedly a billionaire. He should be able to get help. But what did they decide? He's going to go out there and register in certain states. Now, if the man really wanted to run for president and he has all that money, he could do a Michael Bloomberg, spend his money to get people to register him all over the place. No, picked out about five or six states. And the people helping him, they've even got pictures of it. Are lawyers who are working in the Republican campaign or Trump's campaign. So they're registering Kanye because we're idiots. We don't get it. Show me a nice black face that I think is fashionable and interesting and is a well-known rap artist. Why don't I vote for him instead of Joe Biden? Third parties have always been used within elections, and it goes back. It didn't take a genius to figure it out. If you can get the right person to run in an election, they bleed votes off of the other people who are running. And if enough could be bled away, you, there was a guy called Ralph Nader. You could look him up. He used to be one about safety with cars and other things like that. He became famous, interesting, bright guy, an attorney. And when he'd run, he'd take a lot of votes off the Democratic side. Ross Perot, when he started to spend his billions, you can look him up too, he started spending his money, and uh, he did kind of well. He took a lot of votes away from mainly the Republican side, as I remember. So it's not unusual to put some out there who's a more attractive thing to the voters, so they pull the votes away from someone, and you end up, with getting a default candidate because the votes have been misguided. Remember how we got Trump? Too much apathetic people sitting on our ass deciding he convinced us all that Hillary was a crook. Anyway, second thing that my alter ego said to me was, 
You keep hearing Trump saying, oh, the children don't get it, they don't carry it, they this, they that, recently, like he's the most brilliant doctor on the planet. There's a child at uh, this elementary school in Canton, 44 miles or so north of Atlanta, second grade student. You're talking seven, eight, nine, whatever. Not a teenager even. Tested positive, so they had to take 20 other students and quarantine them. And it's going to happen more and more. We've all seen if we, depending what things we watch, what research we do on the Internet, they've got schools they've opened where you find all these students, teenagers, crowding in hallways trying to get to their class. Personally, if I haven't taught my child to get a, a bad mark for being the last one in the classroom, then I haven't taught them enough to take care of their health. Most of them weren't wearing masks. I remember that I thought I was Superman when I was younger. Nothing could harm me. You got to teach them. Our responsibility. Third thing my alter ego told me about, just in case I missed it, Ivanka Trump, in reporting her finances from 2019, made an extra $4 million off the Trump Hotel in D.C. Now, that's not all the money she made. She's a paid employee of the federal government. She's not supposed to be doing any side work. Forget that she wants to be a supermodel for Goya. I guess she spilled the beans without opening the can. And it goes into more between her and Jared, both getting paid by us because they really need the money. Anyway, oh yeah, Lisa. Hi, glad to hear you're from Detroit. Michigan, you know you're a hot spot for what's going on. Uh, forget what you're right about the GOP governor. But what you have to do is, as I keep repeating, since I've been doing my podcast, no matter whether you're rich or poor, a billionaire or a millionaire, you only have one share of America, your vote. So our share, our vote is as powerful as every millionaire or billionaire. And guess what? When I check the statistics, we outnumber them all. If we all come out of our cave, and again, we don't want to get on lines and spread disease, absentee ballots, there's early voting. There are many ways that you can make sure you get to vote. So Lisa, happy to have you around. Paul, Mr. Garcia, good morning from Arizona. I have had the good fortune in my life when I was younger to go around this beautiful country of ours. <laughs> Phoenix, Tucson, Flagstaff, a big university town in the old days. Uh, I was telling people a story. I was there stopping for gas in Flagstaff, and I noticed this high-rise building, nine stories. At the time, I'm living in midtown Manhattan in a brand-new 20 or 25-story apartment building with a twin right next to it. So the guy was real proud. He's pumping my gas. I said, what's that building? He said, oh, that's from the university, that high rise. Very proud of the building, and I can understand it. It's a modern thing. It houses people. It's part of their environment. And it isn't messing things up for us to see the beautiful open country they have. I didn't tell him that more people live on the one block I'm in, maybe even the two buildings I lived in, that live in his whole town. And... Believe me, Flagstaff was not a small town, but you can see buffaloes around Flagstaff.
So keep Arizona. It's a great place. I loved going out to the burbs for barbecues. And then when you get the rains and they wash the scorpions and everything down into the streets of Phoenix, it's an interesting place. So let's see. We got an email. That Trump is stealing money from the American people, has no issues doing so, but was mad at Obama book deal by asking Congress to do an investigation. Folks, the subtitle for today was gaslighting. It's the modern word that you use for bullshit and <laughs> and obfuscating things, depending on how you want to be fancy with your words. And then we've got distractions. Trump, everything he does, it hurts me. Every time I see all these intelligent people on either side of the political fence and on these channels, Trump did this, but he said that. The more this man distracts you, and he's great at it, the more you're not focusing on what he's doing. Of course he wants to investigate, even if it's nothing. When he was in business, he kept suing and resuing. He spent enough money to get you tired, so maybe you gave up. And I'm going to get to one thing when it comes to suits in New York. I think the woman, our attorney general in New York, we should be proud of her. She's doing a great job. She's doing a federal government versus Al Capone type job. There was a documentary on racism in Queens. If you look it up, the area was called Rosedale. Nice area in Queens. I, if I haven't said it on the show, am a unique New Yorker. I lived in every one of the five boroughs. Not just overnight in a hotel for a good time, but I actually lived at least two years in every one of the five boroughs of New York. Born in Manhattan, what everybody thinks of as New York City, Dragged right back to Brooklyn, where I grew up. Probably spent the most time in the city of Brooklyn. But I lived in every one of the five boroughs. I used to say I'd be a good tour guide. I, I knew all the boroughs. So go look up Rosedale and see what happened 40 years ago when some African-Americans, blacks as we referred to them, my friends didn't care which one. They knew I wasn't being prejudiced. They knew me. They moved into Rosedale, and everybody was like, oh, this, oh, my neighborhood's going. Stupidity. We waste more time on stupidity than enjoying life and enjoying diversity and enjoying each other and letting these people distract us with all this bullshit because it's all to pit us against one another instead of looking at what they're doing and what they're pulling out of our pocket. Trump said he pays no taxes. But all that money that's sitting in the treasury is our money. We don't form foundations. We work. We pay our taxes. We don't have big choices. If he gets reelected, I'm going to create a foundation that we can all join. And we can all put our money in there and donate it and offset the majority of our taxes and then see what he finds is left in the federal budget when we've put it into a foundation that he's going to want to investigate because we're not doing the right things. Trump is all of a sudden, after doing nothing for three years on a lot of important things, he is now saying he's going to use executive orders. Now, he used to yell about other people doing it. He thinks executive orders under him are royal edicts, and people have to follow it. Even if he knows what he's saying is illegal, he figures you've got to take him to court and make him stop.
So he's going to do, when he headed off, he had real important things to concentrate. He didn't go to Mar-a-Lago, he went to Bedminster. If you ask me as a financial person, as I've tried to explain to you, he spends one out of every three days at one of his resorts. He charges us, on average, almost a million dollars a day to reimburse him for all of the people who go with him and the families. He charges us the maximum. Maybe he's put so much money into Mar-a-Lago that it's going to show a profit, and he's worried he'd have to pay some tax. So maybe he's shifting some of it over to Bedminster to offset his other expenses. He's a total character, but he's not stupid. Let's not be stupid. So before he leaves, he tells everybody he's going to do the executive orders on payroll tax cut. Now, with millions of Americans out of work, what's a payroll tax cut going to do for us? I talked about it a few months ago when it was first suggested. It's going to undercut our Social Security and Medicare funding that still comes out of wealthy people where they can't avoid those taxes on what goes through their income. Because it's not an income tax. So disproportionately, wealthy people get a bigger benefit than all of us out of these payroll tax cuts. Back to when he first went to Mar-a-Lago with his tax cut and said, I made you richer. The man knows what he's picking on. So payroll tax cut, eviction protections, Two and a half months ago, the Democrats from the House and the rest of the House together passed the bill, sent it over to the Senate, been sitting there. Mitch McConnell isn't doing it. We know Trump isn't reading it. They've done nothing. We knew the $600 a week was going to expire. We knew that evictions are going to start happening if you don't extend the forbearance. Then, unemployment extension, so people can even get unemployment, even if they don't have the $600. And $600 a week, as I said in the opening, one of my statements is, tell these people when they go home to spend a day on a food line that's almost everywhere in the country, and then spend that night picking something out, preparing it, and eating it, so you'll know what all of the majority of your Americans are doing under this situation that you're not dealing with because you don't want to be responsible. Don't be fooled, folks. Anyway, Pence put out a statement. I guess they allow Pence every now and then to say something, test the waters, and maybe this makes it easier for Trump, not that he's ashamed to curse out anybody if he feels like it. Pence put out a statement recently where he said, Chief Justice John Roberts is a disappointment to conservatives. A couple of things that went to the Supreme Court, they didn't like the decision. They felt with the two guys they've shoved in there and Roberts and the rest, my hero right now is RBG, Ruth Bader Ginsburg. She won't let herself die. She wants to see that this guy doesn't get reelected. So if she dies, he doesn't get to replace her. Remember, Mitch McConnell denied Obama the chance to put a candidate up. Merritt Garland was the man. He was not Democrat or Republican, a good middle-of-the-road conservative, justice, smart. They wouldn't even allow him interviews in the offices of the Senate. 
So Pence is pissing on John Roberts as not being a real conservative. Interesting thing came out. Every now and then I pass across these facts that we could miss easily. You know, the cruise ships, they all docked and they put them in ports. Cruise ships use a lot of people who are not indigenous to our country. They're wherever they can get the right help at the right price. So when they took all the people off and they parked in these different ports, like Port St. Lucie or other places where cruise ships are docked, till they allow them to go out again, they told the workers that the workers could go home, but if they go home, they'll never work again in the industry. They threatened them. Now, these are not U.S. citizens, generally. And they figured, okay, 30 days, they'll be back outgoing. They took the job because they make good money off it, tips and other things. One of the things they did where you had these 5 or 10 or 15, depending how big the port is, cruise ships docked. Well, the owners of these cruise ships are big companies. They don't have to keep all the air going and everything on every cruise ship. So they put most of the help on one of the ships. Well, these people have been, in effect, prisoners because they're not paying them. Uh, they give them food. They allow them to cook and live there and the rest of it. But they're prisoners. They're imprisoned on a cruise ship. And every time they've had an extension of how much longer the cruise ships can't go out, these people get to suffer. When they get off, it's going to be an interesting mix of soup when they go to their countries or anything else. Anthony Fauci, brilliant guy. He's been able to talk, talk, talk on shows without saying the president's an idiot. What he said was wrong. He just clinically and clearly makes a statement about what he knows is right. So he's saying, because he sees the trend that we're going the wrong direction. He said that we could get these levels of the infection down even by election day, if 90, 95% of us follow these damn simple rules. He called it, if we do things correctly. Even Dr. Burks, the lady who has not talked up when Trump is saying stupid things, she warned state and local officials in a phone call about the uptick in the test positivity rates to scientists like her and doctors, this is an indicator you're going to get a bunch of cases in the next few weeks or months. She even described certain areas, including California's Central Valley. And if you've seen the documentaries on it, in the Central Valley, you've got a lot of harvesting that's done by undocumented aliens that they don't even get to collect unemployment. So what do they do? They go to work and they don't get tested because they're afraid that if they do, they won't be able to make money to feed their family. This is what an average human does. Are we too stupid to understand that we should get these growers to test them and leave them there but pay them money so their families can eat? Just like any other family, these are human beings we're talking about. When there's something horrendous happens in another country, man, we send supplies and the rest of it. We want people to know we are good human beings. Well, we got people within our own country that need our help. And if we don't help them, they will help spread this virus even further. They've started noting what's called chronic fatigue syndrome and possible long-term effects of chronic fatigue syndrome because of COVID-19. Like, look, this is new, novel coronavirus, as they said. 
Coronaviruses include a whole class of things, including colds. But this one, which has been mutating like crazy, it's a heavier, higher class, whatever you want to call it, smarter one. They've got people who've been diagnosed with these chronic fatigue syndromes. And this COVID may make that last even longer. We don't know what the effects are of having had COVID, even if you survive it. So chronic fatigue syndrome doesn't get a lot of play. Then Michelle Obama, she comes out now and then. She's a nice lady. She'll talk. Very smart. She talked about that she's suffering from what she's called low-grade depression. Now, I talked about this months ago. We all heard about PTSD with Vietnam. Well, let me tell you, I mentioned that it used to be called battle fatigue. If you were in World War II and you were in a unit that was fighting for two years straight, and you never see an end, you sleep in your foxhole or your tent, or maybe you get a break here or there, but every day there's another attack, another thing to do, whatever. After a while, what happens to a human being we're all strong. We all put our nose to the grindstone, and we all try and help. But what happens when the help is needed day after day after day? You get fatigued. There have been doctors who've committed suicide because they've been on the front lines fighting coronavirus. It's documented. It's out there. People can't see an end to this. That is depressing by itself. Michelle was nice enough to say it. It was like uh, President Eisenhower's wife was called Mamie Eisenhower. She had a bit of a drinking problem or something else. She was one who did. Uh, Betty Ford, the clinic, was done because of people who had problems. Any one of us can have a problem. We're better off when we talk it up and try and open it up, bring it out, expose it, and deal with it. But low-level depression is nothing compared to what we're going to see. Even if we stop coronavirus by the middle of next year and we get a vaccine that's so fantastic. And remember, we don't just have to inoculate 300 million people in the United States. We've got almost 8 billion people on the planet. Unless we make sure... Nobody's going to carry it, get it, and re-spread it. It's going to take a while to make sure it's not going to come back from somebody taking a trip here or coming here shipped with something. You've got to understand what it means to live in a global environment with this thing going. NRA. Forget about what they've done. Forget about gun control. Forget about what I think about the amendments that deal with gun control. I can go on that ever. I have no problem with people owning guns. As I told people, if you look at any state or locality, the only guns that you can use are ones you can get a hunting license for. You can take things and go to a range and shoot them, but nobody gives you a hunting license to go out with an AR-15 or anything like that. Or a bazooka if you want to blow a deer apart and never find the pieces. So these are not things we need. We are no longer Minutemen in the militia, and we're going to get attacked by some foreign country who's going to come over here on a boat, and we know about it, and we've got to really get ourselves together and form up in groups. No, we have groups to handle this stuff. 
So the Attorney General of New York, Letitia James, let me tell you, anybody, I don't care if they're the best or the worst student, they're not dumb if they become the Attorney General in New York. They have to have enough smarts. It's one of the biggest Attorney General departments on the planet, short of maybe the federal or the California. They have a lot of specialties within that Attorney General's department. Smartly, and this is what happens when you get an Attorney General who's, their job is to protect us. Like William Barr's job is to protect the nation from things, not do what his one client tells him to do. So Letitia James comes out, and they've been doing all their studies and their stuff, and they file, I think it was a 150-page indictment of the NRA, because the NRA is located in New York. What they did with Al Capone, they couldn't catch him on some of the booze he was selling and the other stuff. So they finally got smart enough, and they said, wait a minute, you're a citizen, you live in this beautiful mansion, where's your tax return? His tax return, he had no source of income. That's how they trap criminals. Criminals started to understand that you got to open up some store and show some money so you can show that you actually have income to support your lifestyle, not just take your profits out of your illegal operations. But in this case, what she's done is, what people don't realize is the NRA, like a lot of organizations, are generally called nonprofits. They fall under certain laws of our federal tax laws where you have foundations, you have trusts, you have some hospitals that use it if they're not a, a for-profit hospital. And so they looked at them and they realized that in the last three, four years alone, at least over 60-some-odd million dollars was misappropriated for Mr. LaPierre and certain other major things. So people said, well, why don't you just kick out those officers? No. As she said in an interview, it goes systemically through the whole operation. So they have a right, because you have to file to get qualified as a charitable organization or as a trust or a not-for-profit. There are laws that you're supposed to follow. Well, they've broken so many of them, it's almost laughable. But that's what she tagged them on. It has nothing to do with gun rights, but they've got a charter, and they're supposed to spend things certain ways, and they fudged over their books, and they went through them, and they found all of this, and they're taking them to task. What does Trump say when he heard this, because they're a big supporter of his? He said, well, leave New York and move to Texas. Remember, they shut down his charity, his foundation, because he was misdealing. They shut down Trump University because he didn't qualify for what he was supposed to, and he paid a $25 million fine. So he's no one to talk. He doesn't know an answer. He just knows how to spin things off and make believe it's not important. Elizabeth Warren, she's back to one of my major things that I've said. We as a country have to understand what's strategically important to us. I said what's most important to any country, ours or anybody else, are our children. And I don't care if they're black, pink, orange, white, it doesn't matter. These are new bunches of matter that have formed that if we treat it right, 
may exercise their brain to do things that benefit us in the long run. So she's talking about childcare because the way society's gone in the last 20, 60 years, a lot of people can't afford to put the child in a daycare and go to work. And now with the coronavirus and stuff, it becomes even more difficult. So she just brought it again because again, if you don't have proper childcare, how the hell do you bring an economy back? How do these people know they're safely leaving their prized possession? And I'm telling you, their child is our prized possession. We want to educate it. We get the benefit out of it if we do it the right way. Economics, Ali Velchi, who's an economist, I think he has a PhD in economics. He's a Canadian originally, he's on MSNBC, used to be more a business reporter. He's done a good job as a talk host on MSNBC. He had on uh, Austin Goldsby, who's a well-known economic advisor from Obama. And just again, in people like me who know about economic people who are not coming up with crazy thoughts, but talk about facts. Austin Goldsby is kind of straightforward, righteous, smart guy. And he said, he's confused as hell that you got 15 to 20 GOP senators who are not voting for any relief bill. The man's saying, in his day and age, don't we know enough about economics that if you don't give people some money, $600 are going to cause people not to go to work if they can? Remember, they want to get out of the house and do something. They get this feeling of being closed in. Humans don't like that. The majority of us, 600 bucks won't keep us away from working. <laughs> Think about it, people. Don't be dissuaded by what they tell you. And these people who are giving tons of money to everybody else, oh yeah, Sweden's coronavirus cases have fallen and remained down, returning it closer to comparable nations after its policy of avoiding sweeping lockdown, which initially, well, Sweden, I believe, was one of the places that said, nah, we're healthy, we're nice, we're an open society, we're just going to do nothing, and they ended up with a lot of cases. So they finally... Locked down things, made it stiffer. What CDC and the Fauci said is trying to say we've got to pick a borderline and do those basics. We have no vaccine. We have no treatments. We hope they come out. And even then, we don't know if they're going to be effective throughout the population. If I understand right, the best vaccine we ever had that came out was, I believe, against smallpox. And that is 90 to 95% effective over the years that it's been studied. But we still have people who say, I'm not going to vaccinate my kid. Vaccines can turn you into other things. Look, you read any label on any drug you take. It could be aspirins or anything else. Everything can have a side effect. We're all different. We're not exactly the same chemical balance in our body as everybody else. So we have to understand and know what affects us or not. But we don't want to be reinfected and have this pandemic to continue till there's nobody left on the planet. Anyway, the coronavirus, it's more likely to spread, super spread, than the flu. It's because it's actually smaller it lives long enough, it could travel further on air currents. There are so many reasons. You can do a little research. The New York Times had a good article on it.